0: This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN.
1: Now here's your host,
2: the professor, John Clayton. Hey, good morning everybody here on this Saturday. uh, boy, it, it, I, don't, I don't know if you like it or not, but it, I, I love the fact that it's no longer hot. I mean, it's like... Now, no, normal type of uh, Seattle weather. It'll actually be a little chilly out there. It'll be a little chilly for the game tonight, but that's okay. I'll take it. Uh, after all this heat that was just devastating and knocked everybody out. Uh, 866-979-ESPN, two zero six four two one espn We'll take your phone calls for the next three hours. Lots of stuff to get into. We've got uh, preseason games, you name it. It's a lot of, a lot of good stuff. And, of course, uh, the uh, Seahawks take on... The Denver Broncos tonight, interesting game. Teddy Bridgewater is going to start for the Denver Broncos, but let's get going with some headlines. Well, the Mariners looked bad last night, 12-3 loss to Houston, and you say Kikuchi gave up seven runs in just a little over two innings. It was pretty ugly. Home runs, all these different things. So that looked real bad, but uh, now they have to try to come back and uh, bounce back. I think what the game starts at about 1 o'clock today, as far as an afternoon game going to go so overall right now uh bad bad loss for the uh mariners but they had the sweep in texas and so now it's just a matter of going against a houston team that they're playing much better against than they have in past years because houston has dominated this series but at least now it's more competitive it wasn't competitive last night as houston won 12 to 3 in the national football league uh there was you know, not a lot of stuff. It looks like uh, tonight you'll be able to see a little bit of Rashawn Penny. It looks like he's going to be able to play. Uh, starters are going to be out there for a little bit. We don't know how much. We'll see if Russell Wilson is going to be able to play overall right now. Uh, the Mariners, the Seahawks going into this game, you know, trying to see if they can play better than last week where they had 31 guys that did not play. And uh, it was pretty ugly as far as ended up happening, but uh, now it's a matter that they bounced back in the second half and made it competitive. So that's going to be interesting overall. Uh, you know, you can see a, uh, in college football. There's a talk that now the Pac-12, the ACC, and the Big Ten are talking about having some kind of agreement by uh, in the next week that uh, kind of gets things going. How that's going to work, we have no idea. But it looks like uh, there is something going on, and those are our headlines. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to JB in Renton. Hey, JB.
3: Hey, Mr. Clean, how you feeling? This cool Saturday morning, my friend.
2: Not too bad. Not too bad. How about you? Oh, feeling great.
3: I mean, what is what is the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 going to do? I mean, are
2: they going to join
3: forces together and have a supersized conference? I mean,
2: what can you do? Yeah, I know. I mean, you got the big SEC and, uh, you know, they get Oklahoma and they were able to pull off Texas. And now uh, it's a reaction to that. And, uh, you know, you can see that the Big 12 is probably going to fall apart. So it's like we're, we're heading into a whole new era of football where there's no power five conferences. It's now just a matter. Is it going to be like power Two, power three? What, what's it going to be?
3: That's what I'm trying to figure out, Mr. Clayton, because the way you look at it now, the SEC has 12 teams already. They're going to 14 teams, and, and, and it's all about the revenue. Mm-hmm. You know that oh, as yeah. well as I do. And they, they're, they're going to compact that revenue to the max if you go to 14 teams. And then the 14 teams you're going to with Texas and Oklahoma coming in? Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. Oh, and yeah. and they also looking at, yeah, the TV ratings are going to just be toward the Southeastern Conference.
1: hmm hmm
3: Everybody's gonna, yeah, well, well, we'll wait to see what they're gonna do. I don't know how much they can do to, to offset this. This is gonna be a tough fight. But basically, Larry Fitzgerald, what is he gonna do? He said he has no urgency right now to play football.
2: Yeah. I think he's retiring. I mean, I think it's pretty evident. He just right now does not have the urge to play football. And you know he can get into broadcasting because I think he's going to be very good at that. So I think you can see that he's played his last football. I mean, he's not going to go back to Arizona. Uh, And I can understand it. I mean, he's been going through this the last three years because I know usually Seattle will play Arizona in either week 16 or 17. And I'll go over to him because I've got such a good relationship with him. You know, he'll, I'll, I'll see him on the sidelines and he'll come over to me and say hello and I'll say, hey, no, "No, don't retire, don't retire. And now I think he's in that stage where he's going to retire.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he's had a real good career. Oh, too. great. You know, Hall of Fame career. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely had a Hall of Fame career. First battle of Hall of Fame all the way mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. As far as that's concerned. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I was watching a little bit of Washington last night play uh, Cincinnati. You know? Yeah. I, you know, now, Washington, that front four is, is
2: terrific. Great. Four, four, Absolutely. Four first-rounders. I mean,
3: you, I mean, you, you can't get no better than four, four, four first-round picks on mm-hmm. your offensive line. On your defensive line. I mean, now, the thing I might have to say to you with the Washington football team, do you think Chris
2: Patrick can last the season 17 games? I don't see um, it. I mean, it's like, I mean, he can he can – Last 17 games, but the problem I see with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I I still go back to a Ted Marchabroda line uh, where he says, Hey, if you have a great, I I always consider Ryan Fitzpatrick a great backup uh, quarterback and a great, probably the best in football. But the problem is with a great backup quarterback, as Ted Marchabroda used to say, you can put him out there for three games and he'll win you three. If you play him six, he'll lose you three. And you you watch. How he goes, and after the fourth, is he gets to the fourth game, then he starts to struggle.
3: True. I think that's their one Achilles heel, is their quarterback position. Yeah. yeah. If you look at the way that they're structured, they can run the ball. Right. They've got a damn good defensive line. Their linebackers are good. Uh-huh. You know, on that side, they're okay. I think the one Achilles heel for them will be him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because again, I, it, it's like, you know, a, you know you're, you're talking about a guy. It, 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 you know, you, you look at all the okay. other starting quarterbacks. I mean, is he Dak Prescott? No. How does he compare to all the other backup quarter, uh, starting quarterbacks, you know, even in the league? I mean, is he as good as Daniel Jones? I, I We we'll, we'll still don't know about Daniel Jones in New York. But, no, I, I really question that.
3: Yeah. You know, it, because you look at the division.
2: Yeah. You've
3: got the Giants. Uh-huh. I think Philadelphia just might have come That was just preseason season against the England, I understand. But Philadelphia's got some issues, and they would not playing all their starters. Understand quite naturally too. But you also look at the depth—the mm-hmm. depth on a team. You know, um, I, at Dallas, Dad Prescott—if if, he, if he's—if he's healthy enough to come back, they—I think on the defensive side they might have some issues. When you turn to the Washington football team, it's all the head of the snake is that quarterback. Yeah, yeah, you know. Looking at the at – the, how do you look at the division?
1: Just,
3: you know, taking a couple of preseason looks at them.
2: Mm-hmm. How do you look at the division? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think Washington it's going to be better? better. I mean, it's like I still think Dallas has the best team because they've got power – just so much power on their offense. You know, three wide receivers that are real good. D.D. Lamb's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to have a monster season. I mean, <clears throat> you, you you look at the Ezekiel Elliott. You look at their offensive line – and then Dak Prescott being back, even though he's not playing right now, so I think they're going to be fine. But uh, <clears throat> question is going to be, you know, where are the Giants? We know Philadelphia is not going to be good. How boy, how bad was that game on Thursday with Philadelphia? Thirty-two nothing being blown out by the New England Patriots. Oh my god!
3: That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, they were—they were, they kept saying that they're they, the backups, but some of those backups are going to have to be starters. If somebody who's down,
1: yeah.
3: So you have to, you know, is the quality of your depth that happens to be out there because you're going to you didn't have to start a 17 game season. Mm-hmm. Your, your depth has to be at least from grade a to at least grade B, D minus or C. Yeah, yeah. I
2: yeah. mean, if you
3: you go from A to F, Mr. Clayton, you got a problem.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was you got a horrible. Series. That was horrible. <laughs> Horrible. Just horrible. I mean New
3: England made them look like they just stepped up they just woke up and came out of
2: play. Mm-hmm. Thirty what was that? Thirty two
3: nothing? Yeah, thirty two to nothing. Ugh. Or thirty five nothing, something like that. It was just it was just a horrible situation out there for me, as far as that's concerned. And I know they got a new coaching staff and all that and that's all understandable.
2: I mean, the, the, the only thing that's in their favor this year is because with no team have, with a winning record in a division, you know, they don't have to play. They have Eagles have the easiest schedule in football. Dallas has the second easiest schedule. I mean, right now the Eagles only have five games against teams 500 or better, where the uh, Cowboys have six. Oh, okay. So that
3: makes it easier for them yeah. to be able to... Yeah, all right, I see what you're talking about. When you look at the strength of schedule
1: mm-hmm. and how
3: they're going to, yeah. Yeah, that's going to, yeah. Well, it, well the, the Cowboys, the only thing I care about the Cowboys is just see what Dan Quinn can do with their defense. Right. You know, as far as their secondary is concerned, looking at their secondary, seeing how those things are going to wind up. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that, yeah. You know, the Giants, the Giants is, I mean, they played good defense last year. Danny right. Jones Showed some quality things last year. It's all Saquon Barkley, should he come back from that injury?
2: hmm and be decent. And that's still questionable that's, right now because again, when yeah. he's out there doing things, but they don't know how good he's going to be coming off that ACL.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It normally takes a year after that A C L yeah. to start to show yourself back to be a hundred percent and some and, and to to expect what he, from him, what he can do, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how how they how they bounce back mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned, you know. And like I said, the Washington football team, the only thing is that to me is that quarterback. Yeah, can he can he can he do it for seventeen games? And I, I just don't see him doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Rob Rivera, Rob Rivera has confidence in him, and they're gonna go with him, so. We're gonna see. What do you, going back to New England. Cam Newton looked pretty good out there.
2: They did. I mean, he finally got the ball downfield after a long time.
3: Yeah, maybe because they brought in more better, better, better receiving core with that and tight ends.
2: I just wonder how beat up he is. That's the thing I question.
3: That's a good question. That is a good question because the situation that he's suffering is from the, the years of pounding that he took over there in Carolina.
2: As they
3: caught up to him, uh huh. You know, Do you think
2: he last he go a year without going probably creeping on I, I, it I, the field? I question it because he's had shoulder problems, hip problems, you name it. He's had so many injury problems in the last couple of years, and you know, I know in the first game he couldn't get the ball downfield. This one he did certainly against the Eagles, um, but uh, I don't know if he can continue it again. I mean, looks like he is going to be the starting quarterback. But uh, we'll see how long he can hold that job. Well, you know, Bill
3: Bill Bill is Bill a guy that he'll go next man up right quick. Oh he'll yeah, blink an eye.
2: Particularly he'll Mac, Mac Jones. Mac Jones looks really encouraging. Yeah, Matt Jones looks good. He looks decent. He
3: looks real good. And that, you know also that was preseason, but that that's a sign of encouragement that you can get from that. As
2: right. far
3: as that's concerned, well, Monday is going to. Jameis Winston is going to start Monday. Who do you think?
2: I mean, I think he's going to win the job because I'm not a big Tyson Hill guy. It's like uh, Tyson. Nah. Hill, to me, just I mean, I don't even, I don't even know if he's a quarterback. I think he's a good football player, but I don't know how good of a quarterback he is.
3: I think he's more of a good football player, Mr. Clayton. I think yeah. he hit the nail on the head. I think he's just a football player. Mm-hmm. You can put him anywhere. He can perform. He can do what he has to do. To be a quarterback for 17 games, that might run into a problem. Right. Yeah, he could probably back you up for about four or five games or three or four games like mm-hmm. he did last year, but I don't see him being a seventeen game starter. No,
2: no, no. I, I just go... don't see it. But I tell you what, it's going to be a bad season for the Saints. Yeah. Well, it, it, you got you, you got three guys that are going to probably be suspended for the start of the season.
3: Well, you got Devin is already suspended. Right. You don't know what's up with Mark, Marcus Lattimore, and you got the little the, the little Turner. He mm-hmm. might be suspended.
2: Yeah. Not good. Hey, JB, thank you for the phone call. Mr. Clayton, we'll talk next Saturday, my friend. Enjoy the game. Okay, sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com.
2: 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Raider Jim. Hey, Jim, how are you?
4: I'm doing good this morning, John. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Okay, yeah, I agree with you on the weather front, man. It's nice to see a little bit of cooling off here.
2: Yeah, it's going to be weird because now, like, for tonight's game on the sidelines, they're going to have to kind of bundle up a little bit, which is fine. I'd rather do that than be just, you know, so hot. 100 degrees, 90 degrees, all those different things. So kind of a welcome turn of events here this past week.
4: Sure. Perfect football weather, John. Perfect football oh, weather. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, John, what's your what's your feedback on both teams this past Saturday when the Seahawks went down to Las Vegas and played the Raiders?
2: Well, I, I thought the Raiders accomplished everything that they wanted to accomplish. I thought that, uh, you know, they got... The running game going, you know, they were able to get their defense playing well. I mean, at first half, it was just everything went perfect. Now, again, the Mm -hmm. second half, things slipped a little bit, but I thought that, uh, you know, they had a good game. So I thought overall, I mean, the offense looked good. Uh, I mean, it was just the kind of the perfect type of game. Now, I know they're going against Seahawks back up because Pete Carroll kept out 31 players in the game and only had basically the equivalent of one starter on offense and maybe three on Three or four on defense, but uh, I thought overall I was impressed that you know you 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 can see how happy John Gruden is, you know, getting the offense going the way that he wanted.
4: Yeah, hmm Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that, and, and I think that's probably good analysis. I always tell my Raider friends though that look, they're playing with a lot of third stringers and yeah. a lot of you know rookies, and you got to keep that in mind. I mean, and uh, you know, look that Nate Hobbs, uh, you know, cornerback blitz. That's a rare thing for Bradley to call something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was playing against a a third-string tackle, for heaven's sakes. I mean, it it could have been easy to slip up on that kind of assignment, and that's exactly what happened. So people need to keep it in perspective. Right. Well, I like, for example,
2: the Seahawks are out there. And clearly they had an offensive line that, you know, hadn't played together that uh, was mostly all backups except for Kyle. Maybe if Kyle Fuller wins a starting job at center, but it's like, uh, yeah, they were, they were in bad shape there to a point where they only ran the ball like three times in the first half.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it helps matters though. When you got a guy like Dave Wyman, who's a defense guy and who does color commentary on, on the, on the TV broadcast they say that, Uh, the, the Raiders were doing something, uh, ill-advised by having a corner blitz. Give me a break, man. This is the NFL. These are the way the rules are. I just, you know, it's another bias coming out. And of course he didn't like the Raiders because he didn't, he didn't like him when he was a Bronco or a Seahawks guy. I understand, but you know, dude, now it's time for you to be objective. You're in journalism, you know, give your audience an objective view of things. I mean, from a linebacker's point of view, which is what he played, Mm -hmm. I just don't understand why he would make that kind of comment, but there you
2: go. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. I mean, it, it's funny because normally there's no scripting of plays uh, in the past in the preseason, but more teams are doing more things on defense uh, this year and maybe even last year in the preseason than we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You
4: know, and I think it's you know it's a, it's a whole new thing with the three-game uh, preseason. Right. I, mean, I I'd, I'd be happy with just two, but it, it is it is making the coaches and the teams do different things which we're witnessing now mm-hmm. and i mean maybe maybe actually accentuating some of those tendencies you're just talking about so it's and then the other thing is a lot of the teams like to play these uh, like to go and practice and do drills at at a, at another team's facility like, like the Raiders did down in L.A. and Thousand Oaks, where, by the way, the Cowboys used to have their training camp mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and do that. But um, uh, y- you know, but I know Pete Carroll is not into that,
1: for instance.
2: Well, you can see it because, I mean, I was counting it up. Uh, there was like about eight, uh, 16 teams that had uh, joint practices this week, 16. There was like eight joint practices. And look at all the bad things that came out of it. Like, for example, mm-hmm. you have Tennessee and Tampa Bay. They had four four bad fights in, the, in that practice. I mean, Antonio Brown ripped off the helmet of one of the cornerbacks of the Titans and, uh, you know, punched him in the face and got kicked off the field. Then you had, uh, you know, uh, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, was talking about one of the practices and says, ah, we sucked. And then, of course, you had the fights that were going on between the Raiders and the Rams, and, you know, John Gruden took his players off the field, put them in the bus, and then you you can see that John Gruden says, well, this is just ridiculous what happened. And so it's like, uh, yeah, you you can see that, I mean, you get the emotions going when you're going against guys from other teams, and that can become a problem.
4: Indeed, indeed. And I think that the players think they have license to screw up because what are you going to do, kick him out of a practice? Yeah. (laughs) Unless you do something like Antonio Brown did. Then you got to do that.
1: Mm -hmm. Agreed.
4: You you know, I mean, that's an extreme example. But I think the players are looking at it like they can take license because, hey, there's no reps there. There's no repercussions. Whereas in a game, there would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, that's unfortunate. By the way, John, I really enjoyed listening to school with the professor when you were talking with Mike Carrera about some of the, um, you know, basically, um, you know, for instance, yeah. we talked a little bit about the taunting rule. And, and basically, they just want to make sure that people are more vigilant about it and not like, get things out of control, which was reassuring to hear, by the way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mike, we had uh, got, got Mike yesterday. And so, again, you can school with the professors. You can catch on, you know, just about every outlet you can. But uh, it was a real good one because he explained the, the rule changes, what he liked, what he didn't like, all those different things. Per- my Mike, Mike Pereira, a former supervisor of officials guy that is so good it was just great to talk to him as always and he gave you a great education as far as what goes on in the national football league with officiating this year
4: indeed and john this is where your value comes in because you have these relationships you can uh-huh. obviously have this relationship with him over the years and it shows in the broadcast it shows that you know you've got a good back and forth it's not like you haven't talked with the guy before you've talked right. with him over the years and it's nice to see uh, an engaged conversation like that. The other thing that he mentioned, I thought was interesting. He gave the 49ers as an example of blocking below the waist mm-hmm. outside of the of, of the you know the, the traditional tackle box of tackle to tackle on the offensive line, and you're going to really watch that both on the offensive side and the defensive side. And he made the example of the fullback who tends to plow people down the 49 but you know the Raiders, they have uh, Alec Ingold, who does a, a darn good job of doing the same thing with the Raiders, and have, those are teams that both focus on running the ball with mm-hmm. the fullback. No, no doubt. Um, and that's going to be, I think, kind of very interesting. At least it was instructive for, for me as a fan to listen to that and say, okay, well, this is something we're going to have to take into account, and I hope that the Raiders do by the way. Exactly. Um,
2: about hey, the hey,
4: Raiders hey, front yeah. office, John? Yeah. Did you, have you heard any other information about uh, the reason why the four executives have departed? I, I've been trying to piece things together. I got my hunches, but it would be good to hear what you have.
2: Yeah, to it just seems that. like uh, some of the things that went on as far as the uh, the change of going to uh, – you know, Las Vegas and all that stuff. There was some money issues and, uh, you know, it almost makes it sound like some of the guys got money in their pocket and all that stuff. I mean, it, it seems to be very nasty. But, I mean, you got four people right now that w- were let go. I mean, uh, I know that uh, some, some of them really talented people. But, yeah, it's, it's a mess right now with the Raiders is what's going on. Hey, Jim, thank you for the phone call. Okay, John, take care. All right, let's go to Kim in Linwood. Hey, Kim. Hi, it's
4: Tim actually, but thank you.
2: Oh, sorry.
4: Uh, apparently, that guy doesn't like Dave Wyman. I like that guy a lot.
2: Ah, he's great. He's I, great. I, I think he's pretty fair.
4: Um, hey, I had a question for you, John, about Josh Gordon. If he ever becomes available, do the Seahawks take a fly at him? Even though we got like F, D. S. Bridge or Yeah, I they think
2: just, I, I think that I think they will, and I think they should because I mean he's I think talented enough. He likes it. I don't know if he still lives here in Seattle. I know that he had moved here last year. And so it would be a natural for him to come in and be a Seahawk. But uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, the big thing is he's got to get off the list. I mean, he's right now on the suspended list. and until he gets off, nothing nothing happens. And again, no word, but I know that uh, Adam Schefter reported about a month ago that he had gone three months and did not have a positive test. So that's encouraging. So, you know, you would think at some point he'd come off that list, and if he does, I think the Seahawks need to consider it.
4: Yeah, I would hope so because, man, he's a, he's a difference maker. Uh, one more thing for you, John, and then I'll just take the question off the air. I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah. Uh, what about um, with the new Delta variant coming, is there a possibility that we're going to have to go back to masks uh, going to the stadiums, or is it full open open full now?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility because, again, you can see I think New Orleans is now – I don't know if New Orleans is demanding masks. I know they're demanding that you have vaccinations, but uh, there, that is a possibility just because, again – Things are spreading and people even that's been vaccinated are now, you know, getting uh, COVID-19. So it's like uh, it is a possibility. And again, just like everything else we saw last year, there's changes that can come week by week. There's changes that can come, uh, you know, this year week by week. So it is a possibility. But right now, no masks, but we'll see. Hey, thank you for the phone call. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is The John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle
0: and 710sports.com.
2: 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Give us a call. Let's go to Mike in Renton. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? How are you? Good. How are you and Pat doing? Doing well. Doing well. Good, good. Hey, I noticed you said
5: something that Pat watches a lot of TV. Has she been watching a lot of the uh the World Series, the Little
2: League. Uh no, none.
5: Oh, she doesn't like it.
2: Nah, no, just hasn't hasn't watched it. I mean, there's so many other options and all that stuff. It's just hasn't, you know, got her. You know, she hasn't got into that. I mean, she'll watch a lot of golf. I mean, she'll watch uh, tennis, and she'll watch obviously a lot of baseball and all those different things. A lot of football, but uh, yeah, the minor uh, that, that 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 has not gotten into her.
5: Oh, okay. Hey, John, how well do you know Brock Brockyert? Real well. Yeah. I want to comment on him. I think he's very good at what he does. He's The great. reason why I say that, when he breaks down games, he mm-hmm. says why this, this happens, what's going to take place. And uh, I think he's very good at what he does, he, especially the college games. Are, is he signed with Fox to do college games or with ESPN?
2: Uh, I think he's with Fox, right?
5: Was he? Because I know uh, last year, year before, he was with ESPN. but Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy listening. He's got a nice, really calm, soothing voice.
2: Mm-hmm. No, he does a great job. I mean, Yeah, uh, he's a
5: very knowledgeable guy.
2: That's why I think, what uh, he's, uh, isn't he on the number two team in Fox?
5: Yeah, he is. But he's, he's good at what he does, man. Hey, John, uh, from what I'm gathering and listening to, they said uh, Haskins has jumped to the number two spot. Yeah. Rudolph, is that true?
2: I think so. Yeah, because, I mean, look how well he's done. He's done some good things in the, uh, uh, you know, as far as in camp. I mean, he had a real good game last week. Now, I know it was against backups and things of that nature. But, uh, no, I think right now, and particularly knowing that uh, he's a, a former first-round pick and he's got great talent, that I think he should end up being the backup.
5: I've seen one of the press conferences with Tomlin. He said that uh He's really impressed in how he's carried himself in camp.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I agree, and of course, I mean, you understand that. I mean, he and Tomlin share the same agent. That has to help him too, particularly if it's going to be real close.
5: Boy, I'm liking what I'm seeing in the in the uh, defense. They got a lot of good young kids that I like, and uh, mm-hmm. some of these young kids I see they don't they uh, they probably won't make the squad, and they're very deep at the running back, man.
2: Right. But uh, which, is, gonna... which is which needed because they were so bad last year running yeah. the football.
5: I think what they're going to do this year, I think they're going to run the ball a lot, John. What do you think?
2: I agree. I mean, and they need to. I mean, take the pressure off of uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I know Ben likes to pass the ball and all those different things. But, uh, no, I think that, uh, you know, if they can go to more of a running type of offense. I mean, you, you saw the success that they had in Cleveland doing the same thing. Uh, they need to co- k- kind of go in that direction. Yeah,
5: one of my relatives went out to one of the uh spring you know, the yeah. spring camp. He said that he got a really good look at Ben. He says, Man, Ben looked like he just came out of college. Mm-hmm. He slimmed down. I mean he looks good, he looks healthy. And you know, he kinda of mentioned to me, he says, Man, why couldn't Ben been like this five, ten years ago, you know?
2: Yeah, Ben Ben being Ben.
5: Yeah, overeating and drinking. I mean yeah. he ate and drink and did whatever he mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But the bell went
2: off, and I think it went off too late for him. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, he needs to bounce back. It's amazing how people both in Pittsburgh and around the league have just kind of written him off. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, some people rating-wise put him like 15 or 16 in the league, which I think is too low. I mean, you're talking about a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Did he really drop that much, particularly after getting off to 11-0 start last year? Even the offense was bad and all that stuff, but overall, I thought that uh, you know he you know he has a chance to do a lot of good things this year, particularly if they get the running game going.
5: Hey John, did you hear what happened down at uh, in in L.A. at that new stadium?
2: No, what happened?
5: They uh, the Rams played the Chargers. Mm-hmm. They said that throughout the whole stadium, they ran out of food and drink. In the VIP boxes, they ran out of food, and the only thing they had was alcohol there were a lot of fights in the stands yeah and and not only that the traffic around the stadium was chaos
2: huh that's not good
5: no it's not good so it's they got some issues to work out down there
2: mhm
5: i've been down there and i drove around the stadium it's a gorgeous stadium but Agreed. The, the traffic situation down there's not it's bad it's really bad i hope they solve it
2: yeah, because, again, that's that's really going to hurt them because, again, here's a new stadium, and you want it to be as nice as possible. But how can you run out of food?
5: Yeah, they ran out of food, and there were a lot of upset fans,
2: mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you can understand that. I mean, particularly, you know, I'm, I'm sure the prices are so high, all those different things. That's not got to be good.
5: No, no. Well, the owners got to gain back some of this revenue they lost last yeah. year, right?
2: Oh, I mean, again, it's like you lose the revenue, but, again, you have to kind of make it up and make it up to the fans. And, I mean, here you have the two main people in the building, and it's like it didn't work out in that one game together. That's terrible.
5: Yeah. Are you going to be at that Seahawks game tonight, John?
2: I will be there, yes.
5: Oh, so you'll be down on the sidelines? Yes. Oh, all right. I'm trying to look for you then.
2: Okay, I'll be there.
5: All right, John, have
2: fun. Take care. Okay, sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Give us a call 930. Gary Hill will be joining us to talk about Mariners. 1030 is going to be Dave Grosby. who will also take your text questions on the Mac and Jack's text line at uh, 710-710 from the 360. What does Luke Wilson's future look like? Could we ever see him back in Seattle? Well, with Cody Parkinson hurt, I still think that has to be an option, but nothing happened this past week. So that's a little bit ominous, but, uh, Luke being a little bit older right now, maybe, you know, this could be it for him. Uh, from the 2 five, three, how many starters do you think we'll see tonight? Well, I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty good group. Now, again, we don't know how long the starters are going to be out there, but maybe a series or two or two, three, four series, something like that. I don't know if uh, Russell Wilson's going to play. Probably a little bit, but not much. Uh, from the 4 two, 5 thoughts on the Jamal Adams signing? I thought it was excellent because, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, and having had done this in my business and all that stuff, you got to be cautious on the guarantees because everybody overdoes the, overdoes the guarantees. Like for example, came back and, you know, Adams wanted $40 million on the guarantees upon signing and uh, Seahawks were offering 38. Well, as it turns out, I mean, it was $21 million upon signing. He got a $20 million signing bonus a one-year guaranteed uh, base salary, 21 million. It wasn't 30. I mean, again, 38s in the contract, but so much of that is going to be the injury guarantee. So it's like it's not a total guarantee until you can get the, uh, you know, the deal done. So that because uh, you know it's like if you have something that's going to be due next year, because he has like uh, I don't know 12, plus, 12 plus million dollars in uh, a signing bonus next year but it's not guaranteed you know he's going to get it because he got 20 million dollars to sign but it's like uh, I mean come on it's like get that stuff right because you put it out there it makes people think oh look at this it's ridiculous what he got in guarantees and all that stuff but in the end he only got 21 guaranteed upon signing and they can get out of the deal I guess technically if they want but they're not going to get out of this deal. They want him, they need him. He's such a, a great player. I thought 175 was more. And again, that's and I kept saying this for the longest time. I mean, when I mean, you take they wanted to pay him 16. Okay, so now they jump above and beyond and they take him to 175, but then what you do is you take away some of the guarantees upon signing bonus. Upon signing. And so and that's what they did. I mean, so instead of getting 30 million, because normally it's going to be two times the average. So it could have been 35. Well, basically, it turned out to be 21. So I mean, he gets the 20 million dollars to sign. Great. Uh, cap wise, it's in great shape. You know, they get five million this year, a little over nine million next year. That's good. And so uh that, that works out because now you can see if you can get something done with Quandre Diggs. Certainly the next guy they gotta get something done with is going to be Dwayne Brown. And so uh you know, they you know his cap number was gonna be like what nine point eight this year. So they they saved four point eight million dollars. It was really a good deal. Uh, and I know the average seems to be high, but that's okay. You know, I mean, it's $2.25 million over the next highest paid safety. So that turned, surprised a little bit more than everybody. But in the end, I think it was a fair deal. 866 979 ESPN, 206 421 ESPN, John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: This is The John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710Sports.com.
2: 979 ESPN two oh six four two one ESPN. One of the great parts of doing this show and any show is you get a chance to, you know, relink with some people that you knew and of course Howie Schwab was somebody I worked with at ESPN and uh, I haven't talked to him in a while and so Howie joins us here. Uh, Howie, how are you and how you been?
6: I'm doing fine, John. I uh, happen to see on online Don't forget John Clayton show by sports babe, Nancy. Mm-hmm. And I saw this, and I said, I would talk to John in ages, why not?
2: Yeah, And you're, and you're so the king of here, trivia, here so go. it's like, but yeah, that's great.
6: And you're the king of the NFL, so hey, I uh, I was upset when uh, you were uh, part of the group, uh, well, anyway.
2: Yeah, the, bottom the, line the, is, the, the first uh, 100, yeah.
6: Yeah, the bottom line is uh, you're great at what you do, and I'm so happy to catch up with you hope your family's well
2: wife mm-hmm. is doing and well. uh, yeah
6: good uh, my question um, people love talking about the Hall of Fame yeah and talking about people not in the Hall of Fame and there's one guy I feel definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame and is not there and it, it mystifies me a little bit because when I saw him play he was a dominant player he was a pro bowler seven or eight times uh, Randy Gratish on yeah, the Broncos.
2: Yeah. yeah, for some reason, um, I don't know what it is, just, but a lot of the a lot of the Broncos particularly from that era, you know, have not been able to make it. I mean, I'm, I'm happy we got Steve Atwater in finally. I mean, we've been trying on Randy for several years and uh, you know, he just falls short for some reason, but you know, understand that every year that we vote, there's going to be more than uh, five people that uh, deserve to get in sure. and guys that has been on that long backlog. Uh, it's, it's tough to get them back and get them, you know, supported and, you know, to get enough. Cause you know, we're up to like 49 people in the hall of fame voting. And so it's, it's not easy. Yeah,
6: no, I understand that. That's, I just, to me, it mystifies me based on his stats, based on seeing what uh-huh. he did. Uh, and with such a big factor on winning teams, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh to me he belongs but I, I know you can make a case about a lot of several other guys too and I guess that's half the fun of that discussion
2: oh yeah I mean I, I, that's why I love the, the Hall of Fame voting and all that stuff because again it's like uh, first off you try to reward the best of the best and try to get them all in and every year it's going to be a little bit of a mystery how it's going to go but see one one of the big problems is you know particularly like, you know this past year it's like if you have you know several guys that are going to be first ballot hall of famers and then you only have like two or three slots and then if you have you know positions that kind of build up like you know we had that offensive line that was like five or six guys that all deserve to get in and you know it it take you know you carry that over each year it makes it tough i mean like for example i mean tony baselli deserves to get in even though he didn't have a long career but uh he deserves and hopefully we can get him in this year and it makes
6: total sense. You're right. It's sometimes it's really and same thing with baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's some some guys belong in and yeah. you know, baseball is a little different with the drug situation. But uh, it's it's amazing when you see some of the names not in the Hall of Fame in, in football they were great players and and yet I just hope Randy Gradishar gets in
4: eventually
2: yeah i mean and again if he doesn't uh, make it in on the main one then of course at some point he has a chance to make it as a senior but of course as a senior you have to wait 25 yeah. years yeah
6: yeah i mean it's been a while already but it's not 25 years. no
2: no no it's true <laughs> yeah yeah
6: well john uh, good to catch up with you uh all the best and uh stay safe.
2: Okay, Howie, thank you so much. Howie Schwab, of course, uh, worked with him. He was, like, he's such a great trivia guy, knows so much about all the different sports and all that, and particularly about football. 866-979-ESPN, two zero six four two one espn Let's go to Jeff in Kent. Hey, Jeff.
0: Hey, John. Yes. Hey, so something, something I noticed here recently. I was driving by uh, the football field. And I'm watching you know, yeah. all the little, little kids out there, the little kids playing football, and all the parents are are sitting there on the sidelines, and they got a whole bunch of coaches, and to me, it's like, kids' sports was created so parents could dump their kids off and get a two-hour break from their kids a couple times Mm -hmm. a week, you know, and it's just, when I played, I saw all these coaches out there, you know, they got their shorts on, you know, they all got their matching shirts and everything, when I played, I had two coaches in boys' club football. Both of them, one smoked a cigar during practice, <laughs> one smoked a cigarette, one reeked of beer, and one reeked of Jack Daniels. Yikes. And, and those were our coaches. And those were a couple of sadists too. They just put us through the ringer. But that's what they did back then. You know, the you know, the, the equipment was like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. The helmet that I had, when I hit somebody, the helmet would turn around, so I'm looking out the ear, ear hole. And all these kids got all the best uniforms and stuff right now. It's just And all the parents are out there sitting watching. I just, it just, it just strikes me as funny because my parents dropped me off because they wanted to get rid of me for a couple hours.
2: Yeah, yeah, it it is different right now. Much, much different.
0: There were no parents sitting on the sidelines. There were no parents allowed. I mean, a a lot of parents. If we got cussed at, like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I can imagine some coach now cussing out some kid on the sideline, and some parent coming up going, "You can't do that to my little baby." (laughs)
2: Well, then on top of it, I mean, you have so many mothers right now that are so fearful of putting their uh, kid out there uh, because of the fact that you can get hurt and it's football and all that stuff. And so, yeah, it, it is kind of interesting because, again, I mean, certainly there's more resistance right now from moms. Putting, letting their kids play football because they're so fearful of the injuries, but also at least, at least it seems like those that are allowed have a little bit much better support and more professionalism by the people that are coaching them.
0: Oh well, yeah, it it's more controlled and better because, like I said, when I played, um, yeah, like I said, the guys were smoking and yeah. just reeking of booze, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> that's the way it was back then because that's the only guys that you could get to coach. Plus, both those guys. Both of their sons were on the team, mm-hmm. and, and they and they treated their sons the worst. I mean, they're constantly yelling at their sons more than the other kids. But let's talk about Mariners real quick. Yeah. Um, love this team. I mean, the lineup they got set for next year, You know, once you get rid of Seager and you move France to third base, the only thing I think of is Evan White's going to be our first baseman or who are you going to put at first? But I just up and down this lineup. I just like everything, even though they got blown out by Houston last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, They haven't got blown, if you look back, they have not gotten blown out by anybody in quite a long time. All the games are close, which is good. That builds up, you know, cohesiveness on the team, and it builds up a winning mindset, but this team right across the lineup, you put when, when uh, um, uh, um, Kyle comes back, uh, Lewis, you put right. him in left field, and you know, too bad that um, um, the one guy down AAA, he's gone. You know, um, I can't remember his name now. But, uh, yeah, Lewis is your third base, is left fielder. You know, Kelnik your center fielder. Hanniger, right field. That's a nice, potent lineup right there. Then across the infield, the defense that we have, people better be happy with this team because you're going to see a winning team for a long time. The only thing I'm wondering about is how long is going to be our shortstop with Marte down there in the minor leagues.
2: Well, I mean, I think right now Crawford looks great. He's can all start. Yeah, he is. I mean, and he's he's hit well. <coughs> he's probably the best fielding shortstop in baseball. It's like uh, they're they're in great shape there. And boy, the fielding in the outfield is sensational.
0: I mean, and you. But then you put in Lewis next. You know, next year or later this year, uh, that will make it even better. You know, and so. And if, uh, and if Justice Sheffield could come back and be strong and be our mm-hmm. good pitcher, that Anderson kid, I'm surprised. That Anderson kid, I like him. And I like that. I hope, one of the things I hope for is, um, I like that one pitcher that Texas had a couple of days ago. I can't remember his name. Um, big, long, long name. You know, even though he's given up with a lot of home runs and stuff, yeah. I just like the look of that kid. I like his breaking on his ball, uh, his curveball. And, um, but.
2: But yeah, by the think, way, you, think, you mentioned about France moving over to uh, third base. I, I think it's going to be, uh, if uh, Seager's not going to be there, it's going to be Abraham Toro moving over to third base.
0: You think so? I think yeah. Toro's going to be our second baseman. I think they're going to keep him at second and just let him bloom there and grow there. Because yeah, but again, France-
2: it's like, I, I, I mean, wouldn't uh, could Marte play second?
0: Oh, yeah, but that's a couple of years from yeah, now. Though. Yeah, and I, think yeah. they wanna, I think they want to keep Marte at, at shortstop. I think he's a natural shortstop. And I think that's going to cause um, Crawford to probably maybe even move uh,
2: on. That'd in, be a mistake. I years. mean, you're going to keep going. Yeah, so it's like, hey, hey, thank you for the phone call. Okay. Okay, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, John Clayton shows 710-ESPN-SEATTLE.